Hey guys, what's up? This is Andy Frisella here. You're listening to Big MX Radio, but when you're done with this episode, come check out the MFCEO project, mfceo.com. I got all your motivation. I've got everything you need to know about running your brand. I've got everything you need to know about getting shit done, and we can do it together. Welcome to the Big MX Radio Podcast brought to you by Medterra CBD. You can go to medterracbd.com and enter discount code BIGMXRADIO15 to save 15% off your order every time that you shop. As well, we've got Sickwix candles on for 2019, best soy wax-based candles in the market and a great little company um, out of the United States. So uh, support those guys. Go to sickwix.com, get yourself uh, some whether some wax melts or some candles. I'm your host, Brad Gebhardt. I'm on all of these podcasts. Uh, a reoccurring guest, a guy that we've had on a number of podcasts. He's a great contributor to Big MX Radio, and uh, he's a guy who knows a lot about the sport, a lot about the bikes, and a lot about racing. His name is Matt Weller. Matt, how's it going? Great, Brad. Thanks for having me. Hey, thanks for making time for us once again. We had you on the uh, the preview podcast for uh, uh, the 250s and 450s uh, for the 2019 Lucas Oil Pro Motocross AMA Nationals, and uh, here we are, two rounds down. Uh, we've seen great racing, some very tight racing, and I thought I'd have you on uh, to, uh, we previewed the entire series with you uh, a couple of weeks ago. Might as well have you on for uh, a quick bit here and talk about the upcoming race in Colorado. I look forward to it. I enjoy it. Absolutely. And of course, you are the sole proprietor over at uh, MX Rehab. You have taken many a motorcycle under your uh, uh skillful scalpel and uh you, you've rebuilt those machines you've made them beautiful again you've given some of them new homes some of them stay in your garage what are you working on right now that you can tell us about well i'm still trying to finish up my 1996 yz250 uh damon bradshaw built and then okay. i've got a uh first gen crf 450 that i'm kind of doing a sweet little retro build with see how that turns out Ooh, is is that one of your first uh, um, four-stroke rehabilitations? Uh, I know you've done the, the KTM in the past. You had a, a KTM thumper that you did a little bit of work on. But this one might be a little bit more comprehensive. Yeah, this is going to be a complete uh, complete ground up. You know, last summer I did that um, old RMZ 450 and kind of made it look like a 92 RM250, but I didn't do a whole lot to it. That was my my daily rider so i just put some grips and graphics and seat cover on it and called it good but yeah this uh crf is going to be a complete undertaking it's basically going to be a 100 percent brand new bike top to bottom and i'm actually looking forward to it i'm gonna i'm gonna keep this one around as my beater to ride fair enough and and, and uh, speaking of beaters to ride uh, you recently took out uh i believe a honda that you had uh, recently uh taken uh into custody and uh promptly uh you're gonna need some, some parts for that thing because uh, she popped on you in your first uh throttle therapy of 2019 yeah unfortunately we've been getting a lot of rain around here uh haven't had a chance to get out and ride weekend before last i finally said i don't care i'm gonna go and um i went out in the rain went out in the mud and unfortunately the old girl just didn't last so um sitting here looking at it right now trying to decide if i should just uh, roll it out in the back 40 and park it until the winter or try to do something with it i don't know yet 
Fair enough. Well, uh, glad to see that you're getting some throttle therapy. I got some of mine this uh, this weekend uh, at one of my favorite tracks. Uh, it's gotten a bit of a facelift recently, so uh, I was more than a little bit rusty and trying to get the timing down on some newer jumps uh, made me look a little bit more uh, novice than usual but uh, I should be back up to pace in in a couple of weeks here a little bit more seat time would definitely help me out but uh, let's crack open uh, basically a look forward to the Thunder Valley National in uh, Lakewood Colorado it's uh, it's been a staple on the series for over 10 years now we've seen it at night We've seen it during the day. Uh, we've seen them get some rain. We've seen them have beautiful weather. Uh, all signs point to getting some pretty moderate temperatures this weekend coming up. But uh, the biggest thing that a lot of these bikes and the riders have to deal with, of course, is the altitude. And um, both 250s and 450s, I think that that really plays a big part in how these races uh, play out. And uh, I think you got some notes on both. So uh, what are your thoughts rolling into the series or what, this particular round? Well, Lakewood is always little, or Thunder Valley, sorry, is always um, a little different. Elevation, like you said, uh, 250 guys for sure struggle. Um, you know, we've seen AC running up front for most of the season so far. Um, I, unfortunately, because of his size, I think he is going to struggle Probably the most of your, you know, your podium finishers. I see him probably having the the hardest time. Yeah. Um, I definitely see the Yamahas being pretty dominant. Um, you know, with Cooper, Justin Cooper, obviously running up front, doing good these last or the first couple rounds. Um, Colt Nichols. I I just I see the the Yamahas being up front. Um, I pulled up the results from last year and. Cooper went one eight last year, so I would not be one bit surprised if uh, Justin Cooper doesn't come out and go one one this weekend. I think you're totally right. After winning the first moto last last year as a rookie, uh, he comes out, wins that first moto, of course, kind of got gifted it by uh, the fact that the uh, Pro Circuit machine uh, just couldn't make it one more lap. I think it was was one lap or two laps uh, that, um, was it on the last lap that Joey Savace's bike uh, gave out? Either way, um, yeah, uh, Justin Cooper showed serious speed and, uh, like, all things considered equal, I think that's given the fact that he's already won two motos so far this year and uh, sitting second in points, um, all signs point towards him uh, being able to be very successful. I think you're right. Uh, in a series where the start is probably more more important than it has been ever in, in this class, which is how much talent you have, I think Adam's, Adam on an uphill start at altitude 180 pounds uh is is something that's going to hurt him same thing with garrett marchbanks on the uh a competing podcast yesterday he comes on says he's 180 pounds which is likely heavier than ac uh at altitude that spells problems for uh the pro circuit bikes um just in general but definitely on the start uh i don't expect alex martin to be up there on the start either i think i would be surprised if we don't see um star bikes and uh some uh, some ktms at the front of every single race um of uh, at least for the 250s um throughout the throughout the day yeah i think you're exactly right now you said amar you know last year he went two three or no he went three two for second overall yeah i did he was on that kt so you know it's anything could happen i i would definitely wouldn't count amar out i mean he's he's sneaky fast he's good he He's always been pretty dominant at this track, but it's just 
that that bike, the altitude, everything kind of points towards the, the Yamahas being the dominant team. And, you know, not to take anything away from the Geico guys. I mean, those bikes have some serious horsepower too. But, um, you know, looking back through last year's results, Chase Sexton, you know, he went 10-6 for seventh overall. That was the highest finishing Honda. Well, I need to back up. Jeremy Martin went 2-1, but, you know, he's not there. So um, I, 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 I just see it being a Yamaha podium. And unfortunately, that's how it's going to be. I think it, it, it's uh, it certainly looks like it was going to be uh, those guys, and, and honestly, the the two other guys on the team that are most notable, of course, uh, in the mix in there is also uh, Masterpool, who's who's shown some speed and some good starts. I might add uh, in the early going in this particular series, um, both Colt Nichols and Dylan Fernandez got to be rolling into uh, Colorado with a little bit of a chip on their shoulder and a little bit of urgency in the fact that neither one of them have a moto win. Uh, Colt, obviously, uh, is sort of like, he's sort of pegged as, you'll say, your, your third best or, or kind of like third on the on the totem pole as far as uh, pecking order on that star team. But for all intents and purposes, you don't really have a 1A, 1B on that team. You kind of have a 1A, 1B, 1C, in my opinion, in fact that Colt Nichols has the speed anyway to uh, to run up there with those guys. I wouldn't be surprised to see him lead laps. Um, he, you know he's good on the East Coast, uh, Easter, East, more Eastern soil where you get more ruts. Colorado's definitely known for that, long ones at that. So I would expect uh, Colt to be on his game. And, uh, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see... Uh, a moto sweep from uh, Star, if not a podium sweep from uh, from Star Racing, with uh, with both Dylan Franis and Colt Nichols coming in with something to prove. No, you're you're exactly right, and you know I hadn't mentioned Franis yet. I mean, he's definitely on my radar. Like I said, you know a Yamaha sweep. I I could see it being Cooper Franis Nichols, or you know some combination of that. Um, you know, with the starts that both Nichols and Cooper have been able to pull this year. I definitely see those guys getting an early lead and being able to kind of run away with it. Absolutely. So who else uh, Who else would you say needs to have a sort of get-right sort of day uh, in the 250 class? Um, I know Hunter Lawrence is, is pretty like disenchanted with his moto scores so far although he got a a second in the second moto it involved a crash where he probably should have won so that that uh, uh, second place is uh, is more like a kick in the balls than something to be celebrated and uh, same thing with RJ Hampshire uh, he basically raced from mid pack all the way to second in the first moto only to see his bike not complete the uh, the second moto so he's tenth overall uh, and the, the one of their teammates. Uh, Christian Craig really hasn't gotten things going yet, uh, or made much noise in the series at all with a, a six fifteen. Um, so, like, there's a ton of guys who really need to sort of make a like uh, make a huge step forward, and with so much talent at the top end of this class, I don't know if they'll be able to do it at Colorado. Oh, you're exactly right. I mean, there's probably ten to twelve guys that are top five finishers. Yeah, and you know, that's, like that's Shane Nakaras, twelfth right now. Like, you know what I mean? Like that guy. We could also see him at the top step of the podium at some point this year. Exactly, and I mean this. This could be his weekend, and I mean this could be Christian Craig's weekend. I mean, there's just so many guys that could do it. But the first two races of the year, you know, they haven't proven a lot to me. But 
your your first second place guy every weekend has been consistently the same guys so you know you gotta you gotta look at that but just coming into this altitude race i mean ac has been my pick well one of my picks you know from the the review pod before i talked about or the preview pod i talked about hunter lawrence ferrandis and ac being my top three and uh coming into this race all that kind of goes out the window but i i see if ac can get the start i think he can run with those yamahas but those guys just have i I think they've got it dialed in the power department and at this track it's going to play in to a major advantage I think I think so too. I think uh, this race will come down to horsepower. It's going to come down to a start, and uh, also, of course, these all these guys are at, at, at altitude. Fitness will certainly come to it as well, um, which none of these guys are, are, are sort of uh, uh, wilting violets as far as fitness goes. I think I'd maybe give the nod to uh, to Justin Cooper. He's shown uh, some extra special um, ability to go the distance just in recent history. Uh, I'm not too sure if you agree or disagree with that but um like not to say that uh it's it's his to to lose right now but as far as just so far speed momentum and fitness wise all signs point to uh um justin cooper at least taking at least one of the motos and uh i I think he should probably sweep them i i agree i totally agree looking back at last year's results i mean the top five were all notably small guys and I think that's going to be the advantage. Um, I mean, March Banks, you'd mentioned how big he is. He went 8-11 last year for ninth overall. Last year's top five was a uh, J-Mart, A-Mart, Justin Cooper, Forkner, and Jordan Smith. All notably pretty small riders. And then they just progressively get a little bit bigger from there. So yeah, <laughs> that, uh, that to me with this track, it just... Uh, Weight is going to be a big advantage. I think you're totally right. And I think yeah. advantage, depending on which side of the scale you're looking at. For sure, and like uh, like I said, the, the start is going to be super, really important. And uh, guys who've shown to have uh, that unlocked so far, definitely uh, like a guy like uh, Cooper fall, falls into that category 100. Um, percent On the 450 side of things, we've seen uh, a ton of guys sort of swinging at the fences. To uh, to really make a statement and uh, and work forward towards uh, making a, a bid for this championship, of course, Eli Tomac has three of those moto victories so far. We've seen him good at Colorado in the past. We've seen him obviously leading by a sizable margin before having a serious issue uh, in those uh, one of those rutted corners and uh, uh, just dislocating one, if not both, shoulders on that particular crash. But uh, yeah. a couple. A couple of years ago, we saw Blake Bag get the better of him. He's had some. Uh, he's had some kind of some. Like Eli's had good finishes here. He's had not so great finishes here. Who do we see show up on uh, on Saturday in the 450 class? And uh, and do you think the altitude at all plays into into uh, the side of things that might be affecting Ken Roxon's ability to be 100? percent Roxon is still such a mystery. That whole Supercross season quotably being healthy unhealthy you know whatever he has shown some serious fitness and some serious speed the first two races so he is a major mystery to me i mean he went 2-2 for second overall last year i could see him 
running up front for most of a moto or, you know, maybe getting a moto win. Um, you know, I, I definitely thought Eli would, would go 1-1 here. Um, you know, home track, altitude is his kind of his forte. Um, my top three, I'm going to say Tomac, Osborne, Kenny. Those are going to be my top three. But then you got somebody like Justin Barshaw on that Yamaha. I mean, they've got some serious power. He rides ruts well. If he can get a start, you know, Barsha could take off and, you know, maybe possibly get a victory. So really? there's, there's there's a lot going on. Okay. Um, the KTM guys, you know, it's they've obviously they're not lacking on horsepower. Um, Marv's good in ruts. So, I mean, this this is a, a tricky one, but I'm I'm thinking Zach Osborne is going to be on the podium at this race solely because he's aggressive. He's done good on this track on a 250. He's shown speed on the 450. I I'm going to stick with Tomac, Osborne, and Kenny for the podium. I don't think you're totally wrong on the podium. I think I think you're you're right on where. Probably, I think those guys are going to end up being uh, guys who also sort of jump off the page at me, who uh, may see uh, an increase in their production so far. Uh, are both guys on blue bikes? I think I think Justin Barsha, uh, with the good starts and, and just a, a little bit more of a fire breather underneath him, uh, propels him closer to that top five. Uh, maybe edging out guys like uh, Cooper Webb, maybe even uh, a Jason Anderson who has definitely struggled at altitude. I know um, he's had that altitude sickness. They have him flying in morning of and then flying out night of uh, to avoid that. He the medicine that he needs. Uh, he even has um, a prescription for it. It's uh, it's it's not on the uh, any type of exemption list, so he can't even take it, which I think is totally weird. But either way, uh, I think that the, that might be another spot that Barsha ends up moving forward. So maybe he gets that much closer to a top five spot. Another guy who I think is, is going to have a really good uh, uh, liquid is going to be Dean Ferris. Uh, he's been rather quiet so far. Some frustrating motos for him. I know his, his expectations are something closer to what he was able to do last year at High Point when he was second in a moto. Uh, 10th and 13th last weekend definitely is not the same as being second. I don't even think that's on the same lap. Um, but with, uh, he's, he's switching to air forks. He'll be, uh, much more comfortable that way. Whether or not that's the best way to go as far as the bike's concerned, I think it's all about feel as far as suspension goes. So if he feels better with, with air forks, go with it. Why not? Um, and then, uh, as far as like, as far as bikes, that will be really like capable at that altitude, I think the Yamaha's got to be in there. That being said, uh, the last time I was in uh, Colorado, Justin Bogle won, uh, one of the motos aboard a Suzuki. So, uh, like, you know what I mean? Crazier things have happened. Uh, so I, th- I think that we're in for a treat. I think uh, the 450 class uh, is, has got a ton of talent, but there definitely definitely seems to be a divide of uh, sort of like that kind of Miranda line of, of who the contenders are, who the pretenders are. And that some seems to be right around the 6th, 7th spot. So because uh, after that, you see like the, the Frederick Norns of the world, uh, Cole Seeley admittedly uh, saying that he's sort of off the pace fitness-wise and, and they're on back. But uh, those top five guys, they'll all be uh, swinging for it. And uh, I think at the end of the day, when the checkered flag flies, uh, that number one will remain uh, your points leader and uh, most likely champion for uh, uh, our, our round that uh, visits Colorado. 
I think you're you're completely right. And you mentioned the Suzuki last year, or two years ago. Two years ago, yeah. Looking at last year's results, there were more Suzukis in the top ten than there were Hondas. So think about that one. That's kind of shocking to me. Yeah, I, I, I don't. I don't think we see that this year. Though. No, no, you don't have enough Suzukis on the track. <laughs> no, uh, how many are there? There's there's Hill, and then is there anyone else on a Suzuki? That's not a, that's not a good Suzuki ad right there. Oh, Alex Ray, thirty thirty two, and he won't be racing this weekend. Yeah, that's yeah, not good. So. But looking at last year's results, I mean, the top 15 is mind-blowing. You've got um, Benny Bloss with a fifth. That's not, you know, totally uncharacteristic. But you got right. Dylan Merriam in ninth, Brandon Shear in tenth, Jake Masterpool in 11th, and Lorenzo Lucrucio in 12th. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's guys in the top 15 that it most tracks are, you know, 18 to 25. So it's like... Holy cow! What what happened last year to to upset the results? I think everyone has to remember that last year the 450 class was an absolute uh, triage unit. You had um, Factory Phil uh, um, Nicoletti switching from Suzuki to I think it was even for this race uh, switched to uh, the 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 Husky because both Dean Wilson and um, Jason Anderson got hurt prior to this round. Uh, one with a knee, one with uh, the I think it was the foot or the, the yeah it was a, it was a, a foot peg to the foot for Anderson, so he was out. Like last year, there was a a huge like a, like the amount of injuries in the 450 class was absolutely epic. I think at that point, Cole Seeley was also out. Brayton doesn't race outdoors. Uh, Reed doesn't race outdoors. Um, Cooper Webb, I think, might have been injured at the time, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, it was like, it was, there was a huge not, amount of guys that just weren't there. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it, crazy, it was though. like, yeah, like, like, literally, you had, I think that's honestly what sort of got, um, uh, guys like, um, uh, uh, Miriam, his ride in Supercross this year was that he was like swinging at top 10 motos in the 450 class. In 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 moto in motocross last year in in the 450 class because there just wasn't anybody there and, and even so, like for guys like uh, like I think Justin Bogle wasn't even back yet at that point um, yeah it was it was a it was a total mixed bag I remember there was this one moto I can't remember, where was it at I think maybe Muddy Creek or was it uh, where was it where both Barsha and um, and Moosecan went down the first corner, and like within the first half of Moto, they like just they were like second and third, like they just like no one else had anything for them, so they just like went there. Yeah, that was that was a, a crazy year last year, but uh, uh, with a little bit more talent at the front, um, I think there's it still uh, starts are really important. But I think your your, your top factory guys aren't having any tro- any trouble getting where to where they need to be and once they're there like there's sort of like five six guys they have to deal with and they sort of figure themselves out over that 35 minutes it's a long moto like if you start up seventh that's not that bad of a a spot you know what i mean like there's there's sort of like a, a there like eli tomac's not coming through the first corner in 25th 
No, no, not definitely not at this track. That's he's got this place dialed. Um, <clears throat> I would see somebody like Barsha being able to pull a whole shot and lead a couple laps, but then Tomac is just going to come around him and do what Tomac does. I mean, we saw him stock um, Marvin last weekend in the second moto for you know, 18 minutes, and then as soon as he got around him, he pulled a 10-second lead. I think we're going to see something like that this weekend if Tomac doesn't get the whole shot in both motos. Yeah, no, I, I think I, I would be seriously surprised. Um, I'm waiting to see whether or not uh, Blake Baggett can bring his best. I know uh, having uh, an injury to his wrist and basically not being able to do much in the uh, the, the second moto, I believe he pulled off. Um, that spells problems for, for the number four machine. We know he's been good at Colorado in the, in the past. Two years ago, he quote-unquote broke uh, Eli, uh, which was was there was a lot to to, to do about that, um, but I don't think he'll be at full steam. So that's uh, one more guy that might not be able to uh, be in the mix uh, as far as uh, podium contenders go for this weekend. I think it's going to be Eli Tomac with a couple of motos sweep, um, followed by uh, I think that uh, I think you're totally right on the Zach Osborne prediction. I figure he's going to be uh, he's probably going to be the best competition for Tomac all uh, all weekend long. His fitness is superior. You know he's been at altitude before and competing, so he knows sort of how. Like, or like he used to train out uh, in Colorado with uh, with Tomac, so he might have some little few tricks of the trade to get himself acclimated. I think that his fitness is superior to that of uh, Marvin Muskans. I think it's better than Cooper Webb's. I think it's better than Jason Anderson's. Uh, and I, at this point, I think it's better than Ken Roxon's right now. So I think that uh, my my second place spot uh, is at least. Uh, Osborne, and then uh, I, I seriously see uh, the, the podium being rounded out by uh, either a Roxon or uh, Muscan. I think Muscan has a pretty bitter taste in his mouth from last weekend, being in second place, pressuring Kenny, and stilling it, and, and ending up with that moto in the third. Um, that's got a that's they can't sit well with them. Maybe we see a little bit more aggressive aggressiveness out of the guy. Um, and Colorado's a track where you can make passes, so uh, I think I think Marv's in a good position to uh, to, to be on the podium again. Um, whether or not he's able to have anything for uh, Zach Osborne's uh, yet to be seen, but I, I think that's uh, what your podium looks like. What uh, who are your? I think you already sort of gave it earlier in the podcast, but maybe you can reiterate that. I'm I'm looking at Tomac Osborne and um, Roxon. That's that's my top three. I had mentioned a possible podium out of Barsha, depending on the start. And you had mentioned Marv. I mean, he is he's so solid in the ruts. I think this track kind of lends more toward him a little bit. So it just I think it depends on his his health and the start. Um, I'm 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 going to stamp it and say it's going to be Tomac Osborne and Kenny, but there you anything go. goes. Okay. I honestly I think the uh, the altitude might be something that hampers Kenny. Um, like I know maybe the the temperature wise won't be as grueling. I just know from experience competing at uh, at, at 
altitude as far as like uh, ski competition I, I was at or something like that or, or uh, even racing uh, at, at, in say like Alberta which is basically the Colorado of Canada compared to me where I'm on uh, I'm on the prairies um, it's a huge difference and uh, if you're if you're dealing with everything anything physical that might be ailing you which uh, Kenny sort of alluded to that might not be his the feather in his cap that he needs to uh, to get the job done so uh, maybe that does hurt him. But, um, yeah, I think it's a toss-up. Between him and Osborne, it's going to depend on the start and, and who's able to move through traffic better. Uh, obviously, Kenny has shown that he's not only there in the start, he can make those quick moves. I don't think there's anybody in motocross is, is as good at Ken, as Kenny is in uh, turning a third-place start into leading the first lap uh, than Ken Roxon is, regardless of... Uh, um, that like who else you have uh, getting that whole shot? Ken seems to have an ability of just finding a quick way past somebody and at least leading that first lap. I would agree with that. Um, you mentioned Blake Baggett earlier. I mean, he went three three last year. Baggett's a good starter. He could get that start and take off and lead the moto, and you know possibly get a a moto win. If he did, he'd go like. One seven or something like that because it just seems like he can't. If he if he gets a start and wins, he can't back it up. And I don't know if if that's just luck. It because I mean he's definitely got the endurance. I mean he could do it. it. Just seems like luck has not ever been on his side. Um, those KTM's with the power, the altitude. I could see him doing it, but uh, I'm I'm gonna stick with you know my my top three. Okay, right. Omac, Osborne, and Kenny. I mean, fair enough. That's, well, that's what's going on my uh, my pulp fantasy, and we're gonna see what happens. Fair, hey, that the, the pulp fantasy that stuff is is fun to play, uh, especially with like like the two moto format of the outdoors really sort of allows things to be all over the place. Like last weekend, you're probably you're you're screaming at your TV for uh, for Hunter Lawrence to be at the front, and then when his bike breaks in the second moto, you're just pulling your hair out. Um, yeah, it, it is, that's that stuff's uh, too much fun. Um, who out of uh, the rest of the uh, the 450 class, in your opinion, needs to have uh, sort of a uh, like a, like in the 250s? As I, I, I sort of asked you, who who needs a, like a get right sort of weekend in the 450 class, uh, just to sort of set themselves moving forward in the right direction? Uh, guys like Blake Baggett aside, I think he's dealing with that wrist issue and. If he wasn't dealing with it, he'd be a top five guy, uh, if not a podium threat every single weekend. That's no doubt. But who who is currently underperforming? Who needs to uh, maybe jump, like maybe lead some laps or be inside that top five or top six? Who is it that needs to sort of make some waves in Colorado? Justin Hill. A serious that one, would though. be Justin Hill. He needs something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't. Signs I don't, of life. Paging yeah, Doctor Hill. Doctor Hill. <laughs> it's it's either him or Bogle. Okay. Bogle shows I, speed. Bogle got the whole shot last weekend. What the the first moto was it? Second moto, and then second moto, and then faded. Yes, like a cheap suit. One of those two guys. Because they're they're fighting for a job for next year, and they're both solid 
solid contenders for, you know, top five finishes every weekend. One of those two need to prove themselves this weekend. Yeah, I, I think you're totally right. Justin Justin Bogle, we obviously goes fast here. He's won a moto there. Uh, and and if, if the starts are on point and he's able to hold on to it, I, I think that uh, he's definitely a guy who can who can be top six, top seven. Um, I think the biggest thing for him, it's not the fitness, so to speak. Is I don't know if his like because he's he's obviously had some issues with that arm. I think the the length of the outdoor motos really starts to make that arm of his go numb. It's not something that they talk about too much, but that's something that I know he's dealt with in the past. And when that happens, he's pretty powerless as far as like, you can't really come back from that mid moto. It it is what it is. And you sort of just, you have sort of just circulate. uh, And he's still in his abilities, able to still circulate within the top 15, which is amazing in and of itself. But I think you're right. If he's able to hold on, He's able to be at full power. Uh, I would, I could definitely see him uh, um, doing well at this race. And uh, if he's able to like mix up some motos with guys like Justin Barsha and and, and maybe uh, put himself ahead of uh, like a, a Justin Hill, you could have three Justins battling in the top ten, and uh, he might be the better, the best of the three right now. I Justins definitely agree. Justins, let's do Justins. it. Justins. But uh, so, like, um, we talk. Let's talk a little bit about like sort of a sidebar. Motocross is a participant sport. We talked about getting throttle therapy. You took you took your bike out, blew that thing up in the mud this last weekend. I was getting my throttle therapy at one of my favorite tracks. I need to get the rust off big time after eight months of not uh, not twisting the throttle. Um, is the ES or the NBC Sports Gold app not the best thing going? And the fact that you can sort of stay away from your phone for a good four-hour period there, come home in the evening and watch motos commercial-free uh, from be- beginning to end, and basically ignore your family on a Saturday night. Yes, I. I mean, I prefer to. I prefer to watch it live. I mean, that's why I like. Super I do too. Talk, I just. Because... I. I have a hard time giving up my Saturday afternoon to. Uh, watching. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, I have to stay off my phone completely so I don't see anything on social media totally. you know, during the day. And then it, it's it's difficult. I don't know. I've always struggled with the outdoor series. Um, this was actually the first year that I bought the app. And I do enjoy it. Um, you know, we're three rounds in. It's a little crazy around here. You know, I got Saturdays is the day that I do my yard work and things like that. So um, I struggle with the timing, but I, I think it's going to work out. It's it's very beneficial. Um, a lot of people, you know, complain because they have to spend $90 to watch the races and whatever. But you know what? It's, I spend more on wings after hockey. Like, come on. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, it. If you're a hardcore fan, it's a drop in the bucket. You know, whatever. Yeah, what are you going to spend like is, for five-gallon yeah. bucket of VP on the weekend? So just suck it up and do it. No kidding. Yeah, exactly. Like, I I, I've, like, I, I don't, when people are like, oh, it's $90, I'm like, yeah, okay. Uh, it works out, too. Because if, if you buy it with the, if you're if you're American, you can get the, the Supercross and the Motocross thing. It's like It's like less than $2 a race. Like, yeah, it, it, don't start it, it, with it, it, me. You're fine. 
Like and the thing like and we're not talking and we're talking about commercial free. We're not like uh, in the outdoors. You get even more live action than anything else, and, and you can replay it as much as you want. Commercial free again, uh, on demand, on my phone if I want to. Like last year, uh, there was a time when I was I was driving out to a practice day and literally had the race playing on my phone while I was driving. It was awesome. Uh, ho- hopefully the R- the the RCMP didn't see me doing that, but either way, um, it just works out. And like I, I find it super beneficial. And honestly, if you're really that hard up for cash, you probably have a friend of yours that's also getting the app. You can sh- uh, two two people can log into the exact same uh, account at the same time and watch it. If you really wanted to do it that way, you can split some cost uh, that way. But really, uh, in my opinion. Uh, Totally worth it, and uh, as a participant sport like motocross, where most people who love motocross race motocross or at least ride motocross, um, if you if you don't have time to watch it live, yeah, uh, sh- throw your phone in your glove box, uh, stay away from your phone, get uh, get home, make some popcorn, and watch these awesome motos. Because so far we've had some awesome racing. I don't think we've had anybody lead the the whole race wire to wire yet except for uh, maybe Justin Cooper in the 250 class even though the end of that moto was extremely exciting with the fact that uh, AC was coming and everything else um, it's it's been awesome and I, I'm looking forward to uh, to more of it yeah this the, the start of this season has been more exciting than past seasons to me yes. so I'm kind of I'm, I'm more drawn to it usually like the first two three rounds in I'm like I'm over it but this year, I'm excited, and I'm, I'm pumped. The 250 class is typically the class that I watch the most, mm-hmm. and there's been so many lead changes and whole shots. It's just, I'm, I'm excited about this season. I don't think it's going to be a complete runaway in the 250 class. I'm hoping not. In the yeah. 450 class, eh, it could be a runaway, but it's, I'm excited. This is going to be a fun year. I think so too. I think what makes the 250 class so fun is that even if it is a boring series, like say like Adam Adams uh, rattling off uh, victories, which that's technically what he's paid to do. That's what he's been groomed to do, and that's what he's expected to do um, from both the fans and his team. Uh, there's so many guys with great support that it creates great storylines. Like you've got guys. Like even if say like the top three guys are basically spaced out and they're sort of uh, it's AC Cooper and Ferrandis and there's not much going on there, you're looking through the the results and you're like, how the heck is Jordan Smith in 17th or why is uh, Thomas Covington in 25th when he should be battling for podiums or like why, like you know what I mean? There's there's storylines all over the place. There's guys coming through the pack. There's guys falling back. There's guys who get good starts that are trying to make something of it. There's guys who get bad starts who are trying to uh, scramble to, to make good on a bad moto. Um, the 250 class, in my opinion, outdoors for sure, is probably uh, always worth the, its weight in gold. And, um, yeah, the, we've, we've seen, like, like as we, we talked about in the preview pod, there's 20 guys that have some sort of factory support at some level uh, that are, at, at not- are notable. And you see that in the, in the results going all the way back to uh, 20th overall is uh, a second-year pro in Jordan uh, Jordan Bailey. If anybody needs to have uh, a, a get-right weekend, it's the uh, the guys on Huskies because uh, um, although uh, uh, Michael Mosman is uh, is performing well, and he actually had a really good Colorado last year, so maybe uh, look out for that in uh, Pulp Mex Fantasy. But um, 
Covington and uh, Jordan Bailey. They should, uh, they'll have huge um, handicaps going into this weekend, and they both need to make a statement. So maybe uh, keep an eye out for that. Yeah, I hadn't. I haven't even actually looked at the fantasy team this year to see what it's going to be like. But uh, I probably should do yeah. that. Yeah, ne- neither one of those guys it has can ha- would have a, a decent handicap, and they both need a, like a total like like if you're Jordan Bailey, like I don't think he's dealing with any injuries. I don't think that he's. Um, I don't think anything's holding him back. But like seventeen, eighteen, eight ain't cutting it on a on a factory team. And I'm sure that he's that that's been made abundantly clear to him. So I would I would be surprised if you do not see him in the top ten this this weekend, just based on the fact that he needs to get something done. I could see that. I mean, looking back through the results here, and the Huskies last year weren't that great. I mean, Zach Osborne was the best finishing Husky last year, and he went five twenty. So. Did he finish they, that uh, photo? He must have, yeah, 5'20". Wow, he, he, oh yeah, he, um, he, he dislocated his shoulder, put it back in, and raced forward to get one point, thinking that maybe that's like the difference in the championship or whatever, and then went in for surgery that week. Holy crap. Yeah, Michael Moseman was 16'10", so... Um, hmm, I think he'd be a qualified woman. Needing some... And love this weekend, yeah, but so. uh, I don't know. Just I, I don't have a lot of faith in any of those guys right now. Just we'll have to see. And this this weekend would be the def- defining weekend. I mean, long ruts, altitude. It's it, any anything's possible. Absolutely, and I think that's why we uh, decided to do a little preview pod on this one. Lots to talk about rolling into Colorado. Uh, Matt, what, what would you think say about uh, making this a more regular thing? Uh, doing like a, a like 20, 30 minutes, 45, maybe 40 minutes, uh, previewing uh, each national as they come at us, if we can make time for it week, week in, week out, and uh, yeah, maybe going a little back and forth on this stuff. Do it. All right, I'm man. Good for well, it. I'm looking forward to more of this. I love the bench racing. I love fact that we uh, we can we can agree on things we can disagree on things and I hope that, that maybe this gives uh, maybe we can even throw a little bit of uh, Pulp Mex fantasy advice into it maybe it's like sort of we can look at some of those things going forward to as something to add to this particular podcast but uh, uh, with that if you're not already following M Weller um, five seven two on Instagram please go do so as well as MX Rehab you need to get you guys need to follow along with that always some cool builds. There and uh, I know it's one day late as far as podcasting goes, but I did uh, uh, text you yesterday. Happy birthday, big guy! And uh, I really appreciate you making time for the show. Hey, I appreciate it. Thank you, Brad.